This is the Power Power Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. segment from Oswald Chambers, but first I'm going to pray, and we will get talking about the life of Abraham. Lord, I pray that you, I feel that you really have something to say today. I pray that I would let you speak through me, and that we would be true to what you have to say, uh, that once we have heard from you, that we would not um, walk away like consumers, but be mindful and make changes we ask this in Jesus' name, Amen. So I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna read this from Oswald Chambers. The shape of the vision. Thank God for this for the sight of all you have never yet been. The vision is not an ecstasy or a dream, but a perfect understanding of what God wants. It is the divine light making manifest the calling of God. You may call the vision and emotion or desire but it is something that absorbs you learn to thank god for making known his demands you have had the vision but you are not there yet by any means you have seen what god wants you to be but what you are not yet are you prepared to have this iron dug from central gloom battered into shape and use battering conveys the idea of a blacksmith putting good metal into right useful shape. The batterings of God come in commonplace days in commonplace ways. God is using the anvil to bring us into the shape of the vision. The length of time it takes God to do it depends upon us. If we prefer to lull on the mount of transfiguration to live on the memory of the vision, we have no use to live with the ordinary stuff of which human life is made up. We have not to live always in ecstasy and conscious contemplation of God, but to live in reliance on what we saw in the vision, where we are in the midst of actualities. It is when we are going through the valley to prove whether we will be the choice ones the most, that most of us turn tail. We are not prepared for the blows which must come if we are going to be turned into the shape of the vision. So we're talking about Abraham and we're talking about um, starting yesterday on this high that Abraham is on. And I can totally relate as someone that has taken the long way um, Abraham is high on this vision that God has given him. In fact, um, he, he went to the mountain, to the mountain, we're in verse eight, uh, chapter 12 of Genesis on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent in Bethel on the west of Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Well, the interest, interesting thing um, about this altar and the altar before 
just a second, verse 6, Abraham passed through the land as far as the side of Shechem to the oak of Moreh. Now the Canaanite was there in the land. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your, to your descendants, I will give this land. So he built the altar there. So God spoke, and it was a good reason to build. I'm not saying that it wasn't a good reason. I am uh, in verse 8. But when God spoke and said, this is going to be the land that I am going to give you, Abraham rightly, in my mind, um, and maybe commentators and other theologians will differentiate. Um, that's not the word I'm looking for. Well, I have another uh, perspective or opinion on that, but he makes his altar and it makes sense to me. In the next verse, it doesn't make sense to me. Why? There was no meeting with God. It was as if Abraham thought, this is what it's going to be. I get to take, 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 take. And we're just going to have this mountaintop experience with God. I will go along and build these altars. And God will um, just meet me there. And I, you know, and it can be disappointing for those of us who uh, like feeling good all the time, like the emotional highs that we get at church, like the ecstasy, as Oswald Chambers says, of um, oh, a great worship session or whatever. This is what, you know, maybe we've gotten accustomed to living for. What Oswald Chambers is, is saying and what we discover about um, this next part of this very chapter in Genesis is that it's meant to get hard. That is where we're refined. We are meant to live out and give back up in our lives, not on Sunday, not just on Sunday, in our lives, every day grind this act of worship. This is when it's boring. This is when it's hard, moms, toddlers. This is when it conflicts. This is when the drama comes in. We're going to know that Abraham got into a little bit of drama. Quite a bit, actually. But there are lessons and there are batterings, as Oswald Chambers puts it, that are meant to shape us into the image of God. called upon the name of the Lord right and there's there's this space between eight and nine don't say what he called upon the Lord or what he said to call upon the Lord Lord doesn't respond it was like picking up the phone that's all you see in this verse 
chapter uh, verse 9 Abraham journeyed on continuing toward the Negev now there was a famine in the land we could probably camp right here we went from this high of being chosen I can't imagine what it, what that was like for Abraham and to just receive that set of promises verses 1 through through three and be trotting along on this mountaintop just build an altar here and there worship service over here worship service to the right ai to the left bethel you know what i mean and then the reality of famine this is real life well that must have been a fluke you know maybe maybe I'll, okay, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll keep going. Even that was a step of faith, to keep going. And then famine hits. Famine hits. Famine hits all of our lives. Some deserted place in our hearts some broken area on the shelf some I, I, I find it interesting that and I, no one ever tells you that when you are embarking on this thing called parenthood that you there is just something broke about the house when it comes to cleaning it because you no sooner mop the floor, vacuum, clean up the bathroom, turn around, and it's a mess again. Broken. There is something broken. Where is the switch? Is there maybe an area for you that you no sooner fix it and it breaks again. That sin, that stronghold, that relationship that just is wearing you down to the bone. It's dry. Nothing's growing out of it. it grow. Do something. It's famine. In the land. So Abraham went down to Egypt to sojourn there. For the famine was severe in the land. Now he made a logical choice, but I'm, I'm not sure that he was led to go to Egypt. Because we'll read along and we'll find out what, what happens. What fruitful lack of fruit happens in this trip to Egypt? So he goes to Egypt to eat. That is his human logic. He doesn't hear from God, so he sets on a path and thinks, Oh, famine, got to go to a pagan land, that which we call Egypt. That's my solution 
to all this and we'll and we'll see what happens it came about when he came near to egypt that he said to sarai his wife see now i know that you are beautiful beautiful woman woman this this guy is uh, a planner this guy when he's faced with a problem he he figures out a solution this is what he does there's no praying about it some of us have so habits so deep in our lives that through this process of putting a promise on our life and then sending out into a us out into a famine will uproot these habits will expose these habits of self-sufficiency self-reliance logic human logic it will expose these things for what they are godless ambitions that the lord himself has nothing to do with so he's got a plan i've got a beautiful wife i'm on i'm i'm on I'm setting up a plan here. And when the Egyptians see you, verse 12, they will say, this is his wife and they will kill me. Now, now, first of all, he just went from his wife is beautiful to they will kill me in one illogical step. See, that's the great thing about a logical man or woman is that it fails them and only everyone else can see it because that's the blindness that comes with relying on our own intellect my friends all of us are sitting with our popcorn going how did you get from your wife is beautiful to they're gonna kill me crunch crunch butter on my fingers how'd you do how'd you do that to Abraham, that's completely, I mean, it's not even, you, you're not even going to get, you're not even going to um, get a word in edgewise. You're not even going, it's not even going to, you can't even question it. That Sarah, I mean, Sarah's his wife, he, a parent, and she can't even question it. He's not listening to anybody. He's already decided. See what God's doing. He's going to expose, and it's going to take more than one time, my friends. He's going to expose Abraham's self-reliance and his logic that fails us. Our intellect will fail us if we are going to exalt it above the head of God. And it will be obvious to everyone but us. He's got it figured out. He's got a beautiful wife. They're going to kill me. Okay, psycho. But they will let you live. Please say that you are my sister so that it may go well with me because of you and that I may live on account of you. 
He's pulling some st emotional strings. There's some manipulation. There's some coercion. There's an emotional plea. He's good. What, what exposed this? God's silence. Then Abraham came up with this. Well, I guess I'm going to keep going. Famine. A dryness, a desertedness, a thing that you cannot, for the life of you, get any fruit out of. These two things, these two things we avoid. We don't like isolation. And we don't like struggle. But God will use both. And it'll show us who we are, it will show us how we solve problems. And hopefully, you'll catch on sooner than Sarah. And we will understand, maybe on the other side of a really long struggle, like Sarah, that we were so bound to ourselves. We were so bound to our intellect. We were so bound to our sense of logic. We were so bound that we were not listening. Did God know this was a problem with Abraham? Yes. Does God know all of those things that you are hiding in your heart? Yes. Is he surprised by any of it? No. In fact, he was silent and he sent the famine to expose it. And it's painful. Haven't been there. It's painful. But his plans are only good. And he's got nothing but good things in store for you. But you cannot hold it up. Operating like you're the son of Satan. He's going to draw it out. He's going to show us who we are. So that we can bow our knees further down. In real life. Only, only, only God is my sufficiency. In God is my sufficiency. Peace out. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.